0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger Podcast.
0: Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs
2: are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word biche, meaning digger. Hello cricket badges everywhere, how are you? We've had day one at the Oval, fantastic day's cricket. And uh, India up against it. Uh, we thought they were up against it, and then they've taken three late wickets. I'd say on and around about even as we uh, embark on day two tomorrow. As always, I am James Butler, the Cricket Badger. and I am joined by my fellow fan badgers, Neil Varani, Rashid Daub, and Rito Maitra, are with me today. Rito, an England fan. Neil and Raj are Indian fans. And let's start with you, Raj. You've got uh, the outskirts of Stockholm behind you. Your wallpapers disappeared. You were on our WhatsApp group earlier saying, it's going to be hard to talk about India tonight, James. It's going to be tough. But they did all right in the end, didn't they? Old that 50 and then that wicket of Joe Root just before the close. I think momentum shifted a little bit towards India in the end. I would definitely agree. But India
3: are still far behind in this game. I still feel England have their noses ahead and uh, maybe... Uh, 100 runs, maybe India are a bit below par because India would have needed 300 when they batted first even after uh, being put to bat on because the wicket uh, definitely looked much better than that than the Headingley test or the lots test. India could have put a better show and I was sensing a little bit of, um, you know, it was giving me uh, vibes of the 2014 tour and uh, the, all those English tours that, you know, India have been part of Uh, the early morning session when they lost, you know, three, four wickets uh, in a succession. Uh, That is when I thought that, you know, maybe, you know, this tour is uh, giving me that vibe and we are not going in that direction but then uh, you know from 127 for 7 uh, i would have fancied those extra 57 runs from shardul thakur you know he put them uh, he, he you know he put us in a position where you know we could fight unless uh, 78 all out in the last test where you know, we were completely batted out in the first day itself so that was a fighting knock which shardul brought us back into the game And these three wickets in the end, especially the wicket of Joe Root in the end, which uh, amazing delivery from Umesh to get rid of Joe Root. And that put this uh, test match in, you know, a much better position than it was in the morning. But I still feel, you know, it's
2: 65-35-ish. England and England are well ahead in this game. Neil, Shai Manju has been on. He says, uh, Takura's 57 runs have shifted a little bit of momentum towards India. Would you agree with that? Or would you agree with Raj that it's maybe... Still, just England ahead. I think it's slightly England ahead, but no
4: more than slightly. Um, I think the biggest thing is the wicket of Joe Root. We've spent the whole summer just watching Joe Root with A another. Now, England have got to get themselves t- uh, to a lead without him and without that reliance on uh on his runs and his calmness at the, at the other end. So it'll be he very only, interesting.
2: He, he only made 21. I mean, the world's uh, going to fall off his axis, isn't it?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Advantage India. Um, I that, that That's the crazy thing, isn't it? We, um, we've been going from one uh, polarized end to the other um, throughout this series. And the only constant has been Joe Root's runs. So, what happens now? Um, yeah. All the bets are off. If Joe Root can't make a run, how can
2: any other England player? Rito, um, from an English perspective, with the ball, Chris Wokes, he looks like a decent find for England this youngster, doesn't he? He's come into this team out of nowhere, taking four wickets. He looks pretty decent.
1: Yeah, really, James. He's playing this much wicket after a year. Who would leave four or 55, something like that. And he was... Just, this morning, Jimmy Anderson looked a bit off colour. And Chris Wilkes was the perfect foil for him. But with Joe Root getting out for a 20s, I will tell you one thing, Joe Root has scored hundreds this year when Josh Butler has been in the team. And... The other test is when
2: Josh Buckner hasn't been there, he hasn't scored one. Oh, So clutching at straws, clutching the old butler straws. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the butler straws. Um, the, uh, the other bowler that impressed today, as he's done all the way through this series, is Ollie Robinson. He's taken multiple wickets in every single innings he's bowled in, I think. I don't think he's ever taken one or, or zero. He's always contributed. Uh, and he is, I mean, I was joking about Wokes obviously being a find, but Ollie Robinson is a find, isn't he? He's obviously been... Um, playing for Sussex. But England have now found him and they've got a real player there.
1: Yeah, James. He really has been the find of the summer for England. And what I've heard from the pundits is that he has been ready for Test Match for a few years now. He is 27. Uh, We have already talked about him a lot of times on this podcast. His skill level is just magnificent and his temperament as well is pretty fine for an England Test Match player as well.
2: Raj, Virat Kohli, obviously a lot of talk about him during this series about when, they, when is he going to find form. I, I tweeted earlier, I actually want to see him get 100 because I, I just love watching that fella back. He's a genius. Uh, and it just looked like he was starting to tick. He had a bit of a look early on. He was dropped and, uh, and got away with a couple. But he looked like he was en route to getting something really match-changing or match-winning today, but fell, fell on 50 Absolutely. And uh, this is the best he's, I think, batted this series.
3: Uh, He looked very calm in the crease, very assured. He knew where his off stump was, even though, you know, England continuously tested him in the corridor of uncertainty, which, uh, you know, the Indian batters do not prefer to be tested. Uh, Kohli was leaving the balls at will and whatever opportunities that he had, you know, he made sure that, you know, he cashed on those opportunities and made run scoring look very easy today. So, he was set for a big one. And today, you know, you see uh, uh, Nasser also, you know, talk about the little technical adjustments that he made. He was shuffling a little, lot uh, a lot more today than his previous games uh, to come closer to the off-stump. And that's what maybe helped because I remember in uh, 2010, uh, I think uh, Sachin made a similar adjustment against Stain where, you know, he took an off-stump guard and tried to shuffle across the and tried to make sure that all the off stump channel balls that he, he tries to play on the leg side. So Kohli also came in with that similar mindset and he was set for a big one, but unfortunate to have got that uh, delivery from Robinson and he just made 50 runs because a Kohli's century year would have been extra special and India would have had their noses ahead if, for a century.
2: Neil Anand, one of our fellow fan badges, um, he christened Shardul Takir Shardulka earlier on, kind of like a hybrid of Tendulka. And he played he came out with basically a, a platform to do whatever he liked, didn't he? Because he had the tail alongside him. He was a chance to just open his shoulders and see what he could do. But it's all right saying that, but he did it, didn't he? It was a terrific, not the fastest fifty ever seen in a test match at the Oval. And it has actually probably changed this game. Well certainly he kept India in this game.
4: It was absolutely superb. Um that's the sort of thing that Richard Pant's been trying to do, and it's weird because Shadow's played as uh, this is fourth test. He played at Nottingham. Yeah. Um, uh, he played. He played at Brisbane, and in the first innings at Brisbane, him and Washington um, both scored fifty or sixty sensibly, but still attacking to keep India in the game at that point. And th- this was a, a classic lower order fifty where you ride your luck a lot. Yeah you hope for the good connections um, and you just go for it because you know that either you or one of your fellow tail lenders is going to have a ball with the name on it um, very soon, but he hit it so cleanly. And yeah, I think there's the difference between 140 all out and 191 all out. Isn't just 51 runs. Also the mindset, the uh, the famous momentum that everyone talks about, but India went um, went into the the start of their uh, of England's innings feeling a lot better about themselves. Um, I mean, we saw how they started at Headingley, haven't been uh, wiped out completely with no real upside to uh, to their own innings, and it can be very hard to change that. But there was a little bit of a spring in their step um, when they went out to bowl, and Shardul just counter-attacking a little bit um, and scoring quite a few runs there. That's actually more important than the um, the 50-odd runs that he put up with Omish Yadav because that then led to Bumrah um, bowling with confidence and taking two early wickets. Mm-hmm
2: cricket's a game played with balls you've got to look after them in the field badges are furry creatures my friends at Manscaped.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there oh get rid of all that excess fur make sure that you're neat and tidy make sure everything's in the right order oh feeling all good now down in this set oh Manscaped.com Rito, we, we talked a little bit on our WhatsApp group today about what I'm going to bring up now: the fact that Indian fans, from my perspective anyway, and you're a you're a neutral sitting in India, so you've kind of got a, a, probably a slightly different perspective on it. Again, but how when India are playing really well and they're winning matches and people are getting centuries and fifers and stuff, all I see on Twitter is rah 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 India. As soon as it starts to turn a little bit, the pendulum swings towards defeat everything goes quiet and it is complete doom and gloom. It's like tumbleweed uh, and then a few wickets for a shardle 50 and then people start to come back out from behind the sofas again. It's passionate support, it's heart on sleeve but it's very much um, either win or lose. There's nothing in the middle, is there?
1: Yeah, Indian fans are highly volatile, James. It has been one of the characteristics of Indian fans but I understand where that comes from. They expected this Indian team to beat New Zealand in the World Test Championship final but- Unfortunately, they lost against them. And then, again, such an embarrassing defeat in Headingley has just brought out that side out of them now after such a dominant performance in Lord's. Uh,
2: yeah, I find it fascinating, Raj. And I mean, you were one of them, Raj. You are you threatening to not come on the podcast if India had a bad day today. Um, so, I mean, how does that work from inside your head? Tell us what's inside Raj's head when, when India are having a bad time. No, but
3: that's uh, definitely not what you're compared to. I'm not one of those fans who would completely cringe. Uh, but, you know, you expect a better performance from these players. Uh, the thing is that, you know, India is not the India of the early 2000s or the early 2010s. You know, India is blessed with uh, the fast bowling that they have at their disposal now, where, you know, every test match you see those fast bowlers running in, uh, doing the extra yards and getting those 20 wickets. That is what the least you could expect is... Uh, the Pujara's, the Rahane's and Kohli's uh, to perform and put up a good fight. Uh, so what has been disappointing as an Indian fan is that you know, you've know you seen this over the years. Uh, be it 2012 series against England, 2014, 2018, you know, there's hardly any collective effort from the batting performance. So that's what is a bit disappointing. Uh, in in the morning when, you know, three wickets fell down cheaply, that is when, you know, uh, the old memories reminiscence fast and, you know, uh, it, it 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 was all over the head. And you might, uh, and Headingley and the Adelaide being the two instances which were very fresh, you know, you would not want another performance where, you know, India is bundled out under 100. So I think that was the fear. Other than that, you know, you know that this is an exceptional side and with the likes of Stokes, Archer... Uh, and uh, a couple of other players, key players missing, you know, you would know that, you know, this is the best chance that India can win a series in England. So you do not want to miss that opportunity. And and even if, you know, uh, England had those players, uh, you know, this Indian side is well capable of putting in a uh, good performance if you get your selections right and if you execute
2: properly come on to the selections in just a second but we've got Raj in Sweden an Indian fan we've got Rito an English fan in India and then top right we've got Neil an Indian fan sitting there in, in England and so you've got a slightly different perspective on it as well Neil but it does seem to get very tumbleweedy when in India aren't doing very well that vocal support where the team probably needs it most disappears completely.
4: Yeah and I think I've likened it because uh, you know I'm originally from Manchester and I was a Man United fan in the 80s when we were fairly shambolic, but I've seen through the uh, the Ferguson years um, people who've started watching when you're successful don't really appreciate um, the highs as much and get very shocked by the lows and I think there's a group of Indian fans who've um, who've grown up. With, um, with India in the last three years um, and haven't seen us be an absolute shower um, outside <laughs> India, um, which we were through a lot of uh, the 80s, um, 90s, and uh, uh, the 2000s as well, and that's with the greatest batting lineup that India's ever seen. So um,
2: so I think I've got a, a slightly more balanced yeah. view. Living in England, as well, Neil. You know what the English perspective is. England are... It's kind of similar in a way. If England win, we still want to slag the team off. And if England lose, we look for reasons why they they, they should they were gallant losers. It's, it's kind of like a, there is a different perspective from English It's fans, very contrarian, it, isn't it? Yeah, um, but, we're, but I think English fans are, are always quite critical, even even on the good days, um, and, uh, and probably try and bolster the team up on the bad days. It's a, it's a different kind of um, vibe at all. But, I mean, you were going to get to there with your answer that this Indian side is a bloody good team. They've lost one match um, in the last Test match and it was not a great performance from India and it was a fantastic performance by England in the last Test match. And there are some days where you've just got to, whatever team you support, say the opposition actually did really well today. It's not, all, it's not always your team has played badly. Sometimes it's the opposition has played really well. Joe Root is England's best batter
4: and is playing in... Career best form. Jimmy Anderson is England's greatest ever bowler and is about as close to uh, his best as I've seen him. Ollie Robinson has been absolutely superb. In fact, most of the bowlers have been superb and it's won all. I think yeah. that that's the perspective that people need to have. Um, so I think uh, some criticism is uh, absolutely warranted uh, in terms of team selection. Um, some guys who haven't been uh, performing um, quite as well, but let's—if you discount Joe Root and look at everyone else on either side, no one is scoring regular runs. We've and, got, and the okay.
2: conditions that the England seamers are bowling in, that they're very familiar with, are helping them, aren't they? And they're putting it in the right places, and that is a, a cocktail which is going to trouble any batsman in the world. You put Sachin Tendulkar out there today he wouldn't have found it very easy. He probably would have scored runs. He'd have probably got a 50, like a bit like Virat Kohli did, but he would have found it difficult today.
3: My name is Jacob and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the
0: podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast, then tweet at cricket underscore badger.
2: Uh, Rito, from an English perspective, we've been... Very concerned about the top three. And we'd solved the problem at Headingley. The problem was solved, wasn't it? And then we see Burns out for five, Hamid's out for naught, And all of a sudden, England are, what was it, uh, six for two. And the problem hasn't been solved at all. Although David Milan at number three looks um, far more solid.
1: And good days don't last long, James. Yeah, they put on 135 in Headingley. And the, the openers are one for on, on six on the board. For David Milan, he looks in the form. He really, uh, he missed out in a hundred in heading later. And he looks, with Joe Root, with him and Joe Root in the quiz, it looks like, looked like that England have found some stability. But Umesh Yadav, late in the day, he found a Jaffa. Both the changes that India have made in this game, Umesh Yadav and Shadul had they both have paid half so far. Um, Shadul Thakkar with the bat in hand and Umesh Yadav.
2: Let's take that point, Rita. Rita India, Rita's saying that India have made two changes and they've both been instrumental in their success today. So, surely they got the team selection right, Raj. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I would not talk in hindsight
3: for sure, since, uh, since you know, Thakur had uh, made sure that, you know, India comes back in this game with this crucial and fighting knock of 57. So, I would definitely not talk on hindsight. But uh, how on earth does Ravi Chandra Nashwin not play this game? 413 wickets. He is the best spinner in the world right now. And, you know, you do, uh, Ravi Chandra Nashwin does not need uh, an assisting surface when, you know, where he has to play. So what, what worries me, James, is not that, you know, England has played well. You know, there is acceptance among the fans that, you know, England has been relentless with their lines, and, you know, Joe Root has been in ominous form. So all these things are, uh, you know, completely understandable. But what worries me is that, you know, World Test Championship final, you go with two spinners and then you defend yourself saying that, you know, you've gone with two spinners because that's the most balanced attack that you play. And then in the first test uh, that you play in England, uh, you break that rule and play four fast bowlers and then go on to make press conferences and say that, you know, this is the template that we would we want to be taking further, that you want fast, four fast bowlers
2: operating in tandem and that right, is uh, just an Ashutosh yeah. um his um, message he said he would have played ashwin because ashwin can bat as well and he, he yeah. just kind of solid you know solidifies the the lower middle order too doesn't he um today coming in at number 5 was a strange one as well i mean everybody had to double take when he walked out yeah. I
3: think I like the move. Uh, I like the move because if you watch the three test matches closely, I think Jadeja was a lot assured than the other backsmans. Uh, and Jadeja being a left-hander, uh, I think I I definitely welcomed the move because, you know, that provided Rahane and Pant a little more cushion. And Jadeja yeah. being a left-hander, you know, he, he altered some of the English bowling plans which was a welcome move and Jadeja, you know, uh, he leaves the ball very late, so in that sense also, you know, it was it was a good aggressive move. So definitely, I liked that. But in hindsight, I would not definitely not talk on hindsight. So Jadeja definitely had his place guaranteed because you know he was preferred as a batsman who could bowl a few overs. But I would have definitely preferred you know Ashwin over Shardul Thakur because you cannot leave the world's
2: best spinner out for four Test matches in a row. I, I find it interesting, they on the Sky coverage, um, you can see the coaching staff with their little earpieces on listening to the commentary on the telly and Michael Holdings talking, saying, why on earth have they not picked Ashwin? And Ashwin stood right behind them watching the TV coverage. Um, so he, he, Ashwin knows that everybody's talking about it. There were pictures on Twitter, where's Ashwin? There were people with telescopes looking around the Oval looking for um, Ravi Chandra and Ashwin. It does seem bizarre. I mean, there's no way. I, don't, I can't think of another team on the planet that wouldn't have him in the in their side at the moment. No, absolutely. Um, as a spin option, he's better than anyone.
4: I think Ashwin's problem uh, comes down to the team makeup. Um, they don't feel that they can they can play the two spinners in
2: England. Uh, the, Mark they Don't feel made an they can... point on Sky. He said that the um, World Test Championship final against uh, New Zealand was very seamer friendly. And it seems to have lulled the Indian selectors into thinking, right, we need to go in seam heavy um, because that was what would have worked against New Zealand because they played two spinners against that that New Zealand side and it didn't work that day. But as they followed up on the on the TV Courage, every pitch in England is different and you have to just judge the circumstances test by test. But even so, he's the second best spinner in the world. He, sorry, the second best bowler in the world, the first best spinner in the world, and he can bat too. It's just it's a no-brainer, isn't it? I'd I'd have him in definitely. I'd
4: uh, like Raj. I'd have played him ahead of Shardell. Um, You know, I knew Shardell, uh was capable of lower order runs. I didn't think he'd score. He'd top score for um, us in in this innings. The reason that I can understand the four seamer attack, and let's be fair, two Test matches out of three in a day, that four seamer attack has been correct. Yeah. And uh, because of the weaknesses that we do have in our middle order, there's no way you can jot Jadeja's runs. mean he's scored, what, 180 runs so far in this series. That's He's, he's not one of the most to... solid
2: Indian batsmen, to be fair to him, isn't he?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, look, I'd have had Ashran in. Um, I'd have had Thacker out. Um, I think Umesh coming in was good from just from fresh blood. Uh, you know, someone who hasn't had to play three test matches already. But I can understand why they've stuck with four seamers. I think it, it's an acceptable strategy for um, for England. It's just really frustrating when you know how good Ashwin can be yeah. um, and what wicket taker he can be. There was a good point made by someone who said that Jadeja, at the moment, is not really threatening from a wicket's perspective, but is keeping things very tight. So if you wanted to, you could treat him as your four-teamer. The the workhorse who just holds up an end goes for next to nothing, have Ashwin as an attacking uh, spinner, and rotate the three other quicks who are a lot more attacking uh, because uh, you have one person holding up an end. So if you use Jadeja as that, uh, that cart horse, then that would be a way to go uh, three and two and just have him bowl stump to
2: stump, give nothing away. I mean, if, you're playing, if you're playing Jadeja as your number five batsman, you've got him as the, um, the spare spinner, haven't you, rather than anything else. Um, thank you, Ashutosh, and to Shai for your questions today. Um, Shy suggesting, Raj, that England need to score at least 300 to challenge India in the second innings obviously England are going to have to bat last on this oval track and it might be taking spin by that without Ashwin there. Absolutely. You know, they need to have
3: 100 runs lead over India to stand a chance because, you know, if India bundle England under, say, 200, anything under 200 or 220, you know, India would fancy their chance because they would be uh, the ones who would not be batting last And, you know, with this four fast bowler attack, you know, that is when this four fast bowler attack becomes interesting, you know, when the opposition team has to chase 160, 170 odd in the fourth innings. That is when you have an upper hand when you know, you know, feed, where you field four fast bowlers. And Kohli likes that template. You clearly can see from his captaincy, you know, he likes to attack with his fast bowlers, he likes to hunt in pairs. You know, that that's what gives him high. Even, uh, you know, fielding in the slip cord, and you could see that, you know, fast bowlers running in. That is the sort of captain Kohli is. You know, he likes these fast bowlers. So, India would definitely want uh, England to be bundled out under 200, 220. And the most important thing uh, that they got was uh, to get Joe Root wicket uh, in the uh, last part of this innings now. So tomorrow they would want, uh, say, England to be,
2: say, 100 for five. And that would be game on. Yeah, it would make a big difference, wouldn't it, just psychologically, if Joe Root was walking out there tomorrow morning uh, okay. with his pads on and his bat in his hand. You can see the light fading in Sweden quite rapidly behind Raj. Mm-hmm. Um, Rito, how, how do you see it in terms of what Shai is suggesting there that England would need to score at least 300 to put pressure on India because obviously having to bat last. Would you see it the same way?
1: Yeah, I do see see the same way. Today, India will argue that they had the better day with the late people of Juru. Now Oli coming in next after Craig Overton, so it's game on for India. Oli he might average 100-plus uh, at his home ground, but test cricket is different from first-class cricket, so he's making a comeback after some time into the team and this pitch will take some spin. We can see the footmarks of the fast bowlers, and Jadeja will be handful in that last inning. So, England will need a lead of at least 100 to 150. Anything under 50 lead. India will be very happy.
0: You are listening to the
3: Cricket Badger Podcast.
2: Neil, let's finish with Shane Warne. I was listening to one of the <laughs> comments today and I was absolutely scratching my head at some of the stuff he was saying. Incredible bowler and a terrific cricket mind, I think, at times, because um, he could have been Australian captain had he not misbehaved a little bit off the pitch. I think he'd have been um, Australian captain. But a couple of things he said today, I just couldn't get my head round. He said that you can't um, win a Test match on day one, but you can go a long way to losing it. Um, India lost the Test match at uh, Headingley on day one. Well, that means England won it on day one. So that doesn't make sense. And well, that's the other thing he said later on. Oh, he was talking about Bumra. Um, and Dab took the new ball, bowled the first over. And then he complained for the next 20 minutes about the fact that Jasper Bummer hadn't taken the new ball. I was thinking, well, what's Jasper Bummer got in his hands from the other end? Jasper Bummer can't bowl from both ends, can
4: he? I've got to the stage where Shane Warne is just white noise. I assume that uh, whatever he says, he's complaining that, that they haven't brought the spinner on yet. I assumed that he was saying that the spinner should have been opening um, for India today. It's absolutely bizarre that a guy who is the second best spinner of all time has somehow managed to overshadow uh, all of that with his clickbait tomfoolery. It's really quite, quite a shame. If he's not talking about spin bowling, then you might as well just mute the commentary. Because it's. I'll, t- I'll, tell you, I'll tell
2: you who is good, um, and I'm really pleased to see him on the Sky coverage. And that's Mark Butcher, um, previous guest on the Cricket Badger podcast. Is Butch, and I think on the on the coverage that every, every time I turn on the TV and watch Butch commentate, he's talking sense, and he does it in a really nice, engaging way. As well, I think he's got a really good manner to him, and alongside uh, Atherton and uh, NASA and what have you, I think Butcher should be a a mainstay of that. Sky commentary is really good. Um, I mean, I do quite a lot of commentary. I really enjoy it, and you do find yourself talking rubbish at times just to fill the uh, fill, fill the time. So I can I can see that as well. But who is your favourite commentator, Rito? If you could pick the dream commentary box, you're allowed three in there. Who would be your three commentators that you'd have to listen to?
1: Yeah, two of them from will be from the Sky box. That's Atherton and Nasir Hussain. They are the most uh, what I would say the most balanced commentators. They don't go. Who rave when England are doing well, and they are not too disappointed when England are not doing well. And the third would be Harsha Bhogle. He has really made a way for others who are not ex cricketers to come into the commentary box. So these are the three commentators.
2: You've heard Rito's three there, Raj. You can either keep all of those yourself, or you can, you can substitute them. Who would you bring in if you if you're going to change them? I
3: think I really like his choices, but uh, I would speak in one more name. Uh, I really miss the gravity of Beno, uh, You know, over the years, you know, it was beautiful commentary. You could you could really transcend from right from radio to, you know, media boxes. Yeah. Uh, commentary changes a lot. And I really miss Benno a lot. But other than that, in the modern era, maybe Nasser, Atherton, and Mark Nicholas. I like Mark Nicholas as well. He's one of my favorites.
2: Well, how about you, Neil?
4: Nasser, definitely. Um, Bish, Uh who is absolutely superb and especially when he does um, under-19s World Cup stuff is um, better research than anyone I've ever seen. And um, uh, Ian Smith was absolutely superb during the World Cup, um, especially in the final when he he got put on because they thought that New Zealand were going to win and he handled that personal heartbreak so professionally yeah. and beautifully. It was uh,
2: unbelievable. You're talking about Ian Bishop's preparation there. I found when I've done work, the the games you have to prepare for more than most are the things like the England under-19s, where you probably don't, they're not household names. You haven't got a grounding already of knowledge that you can kind of like blag it off the back of. You've got to do your research and you've got to do it properly. But even, even now though, you see commentators, frontline commentators, somebody comes in as a left field selection or something into a test series or most notably, that recent one-day series when England had to kind of revamp the whole lot. So there were a few unfamiliar faces there, and it's quite clear to me that a lot of the people commentating on it had no idea who. They, if they walked past them in Sainsbury's supermarket, they wouldn't know who they were. And that—that that I think is quite poor. So let's get back to the uh, Test match then, before we say goodbye for today. One final question. How much would England want to be chasing in the final innings of this test match? I mean, we have no idea when that final innings is going to be. It looks like it might flatten down and the, the weekend's forecast is a little bit better. So it might be, um, it might not be 13 wickets per day all the way through this test match. But if you were um, in the England dressing room, Rito, how much would you be confident of chasing after what you've seen today?
1: Yeah, No more than 200 teams with that rough. Marks, as I said, from the fastball is very visible already at the end of day one. So, no more than 200 to get a big first-inning score and keep India down again in the third innings.
2: Raj, would you be happy to see England chasing 200 with Virat going unleash Hellboys again?
3: I think if I had to wear the England hat, I would not be chasing more than 170. Uh, If you're talking about 200 in the fourth innings, I would I would think that India has a firm chance of to win this test match because they would hunt in pairs in the final innings. Jadeja would come into play uh, with those footmarks created for him uh, for the left-handers, which Kohli talked about in the toss as well. So anything more than 170, I would fancy India's chances.
2: Is that Chelsea shirt you got? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. I'm it's... going to take you off this podcast. Neil, <laughs> same question to you. How how much would you, from an Indian side of things, how much would you want on the board for England to come out to, have to knock off? Um, I reckon
4: England would be, um, would be happy up to about 160, 170. Then it starts getting a, a little bit dicey, especially now that the year of Roots is over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think England uh, won a minimum uh, lead of about of, of 50 runs um, tomorrow uh, by the time they're finished. Um, minimum, because uh, I think any less than that, and uh, India could get uh, quite a bit ahead in the third innings um, compared to uh, the condition of the pitch when they yeah. come back-to-back at the end.
2: It's around about 150. You can find yourself sort of 40 for four or something and fall in a heap, but you only need one partnership, don't you, really? One partnership or something like that, and you're, you're home and hosed. Um, so 150, I never think is enough on any kind of surface. 200, just psychologically, anything 200 or more starts to look far more imposing. But we'll see how it goes. We have another day's play tomorrow, obviously. England trying to... Well, first of all, getting up to level pegging with India's 191. They finish at 53 for three. We'll see how that goes tomorrow. and We'll be joining you again on the Cricket Badger podcast to talk about all things day two at the same time tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks for watching. For those of you that are listening later, thanks for your ears as well on the uh, traditional podcast. Thanks, Neil, Anarito and Raj for joining me on today's show. And uh, I've been James and I'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. And uh, enjoy the cricket tomorrow. It's been a terrific test match so far. One day down. Four more potentially to go. I've got commentary on Saturday and Sunday, and I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to get my Sunday shift. So hopefully they'll battle long and big tomorrow and make sure I get some money on Sunday. See you. See you tomorrow.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network. 18 plus.